In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus to conduct a census of the Roman world. This was the first census that took place when Quirinius was governor of Syria. So everyone travelled back to their original hometowns to register, including Joseph. He went up from Nazareth in Galilee to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem in Judea, because he was from David's family line. He took Mary, his fiancée, with him to be registered, and she was pregnant. And while they were there in Bethlehem, the time came for her to have the baby, and she gave birth to her firstborn son. And because there was no room for them in the inn, she wrapped him in strips of cloth and used an animal food trough for his cradle. In that part of the country, there were shepherds who stayed out in the fields at night to keep guard over their flock. Without warning, one of the Lord's angels appeared to them, and the blinding brilliance of the Lord shone all around them. They were terrified, but the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. Listen, I am here to bring you news of great joy, which is for all the people. Today, a Savior has been born to you in the city of David. He is Christ the Lord, and this will be the sign for you. You will find a child wrapped up in strips of cloth and lying in a food trough. Suddenly there appeared with the angel a vast company of the heavenly armies praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and peace on earth among those with whom he is pleased. After the angels had left them and gone back to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Come on, let's go into Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went quickly and discovered Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a food trough. When they saw this, they revealed the message that had been told to them about this child, and everyone who heard it was amazed at what the shepherds said. Mary treasured all these things and thought them over in her heart. The shepherds went back, glorifying and praising God for everything they had heard and seen, which had happened just as they had been told. Well, friends, we have seen that uh, reading done on, uh, on screen here this morning. We're going to look at uh, a passage there, so uh, let's uh, pray first. Heavenly Father, we thank you for... Uh, your word, we pray Lord, that you help us understand it this morning and that we will see uh, the joy, the true meaning of Christmas. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, friends and boys and girls this morning, you heard a little talk about the joy of uh, whether it's things are going to last forever in terms of joy. And this morning I want to talk to you uh, and to mums and dads and all of us here this morning on the joy of Christmas. Now, let me tell you this. I went out shopping and I bought my, uh, the stuff that I needed to buy. But it's so interesting to see what goes on in shopping centers at Christmas time. One, you have a real difficulty trying to get a car park. So everybody is going all over the place. I was at the supermarket trying to buy some stuff and one lady comes past me and says, I need, we need traffic lights in Coles, that is, because everyone's moving their trolleys. And then I went somewhere else and I was observing what was going on. And there was a mother there with a, a daughter with an older uh, lady, a mother. And she said, oh, mom, this whole thing is stressing me out. Can we just go past here? Okay, so I thought, okay, that's, that's the mother and daughter thing. 
And then I saw, then I saw a couple with two boys. I think the boys were twins. And uh, in the middle of the shopping center, the parents are having this big, big conversation. I can see that the guy's face is turning red. The, the woman is all embarrassed. And the two boys are standing there and looking pathetically at their parents. Right. And they are wondering what gift to buy. And then I went into the shop. And of course, now I have not been shopping for hours. You might think I've been living in the shops this past week. No, not really. Right. So I went into this place and I wanted to buy one particular item. And then they said to me, okay, you can buy this, but you have to pay $2 to put the particular item in the box. I said, what, really? Why can't you just give me the box free? Why do I have to pay two bucks for it? And then this girl behind the counter, she said to me, I just hate these retailers. They want to get every cent from you. And I said, no wonder we won't come into your shops. You like to get stuff from online. That's cheaper. And then she said to me this, Anyway, I didn't pay the two bucks for the extra box. I thought, no way, I'll just take the normal box. It's what's in the, in the box that matters, right? Anyway, and then she said this to me. She said this, I hate this world. This is a girl behind the counter. I hate this world, a young girl. And I thought, boy, I'm not going to let this one go easily. <laughs> right? So I said, oh, okay. That's interesting. Why don't you come over this side? So this is in the shop now. They're selling all kinds of things. So I called her to the side and said, tell me something. Why do you hate this world? What's going on? And then she said, oh, look at what happened past week in Melbourne. Look at the chaos that's going on in the world. I just absolutely hate this world. So I said, okay, this is in the shop now. I said, so what do you do on Christmas Day? I said, do you go to church? She said, I did go to church. I won't name the church but I'm not going there anymore. I said, look, I'm sorry to hear about that. I hope, I hope this Christmas that you will trust in Jesus. This is in the shop, okay? That you will trust in Jesus because Jesus is the answer to the issues that's going on in the world and in your life. And I wish her a happy Merry Christmas and hopefully, maybe I'll see her one day. Who knows where it will go. So you can understand the chaos that's going on. This past week, for example, with the event that took place in Melbourne. What a tragic thing that was to see um, the people being mowed down on the, on the streets and Flinders Street. And that's the kind of world that we're living in. And so when we speak about the joy of Christmas, we need to ask ourselves, well, is this joy really some fanciful thing that we're speaking of? Can we really actually have true joy? Is this kind of joy that is really lasting? Uh, what do I do with this uh, message of Christmas? Now, in, in the Gospel of Luke, we have this incredible statement that we have there in Luke chapter 1, verses 1 to 4. Let me come back. I'll come back to the context in a moment. Okay, inasmuch as many have undertaken to com compile a narrative of the things that have been accomplished among us, just as those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word have delivered them to us, it seemed good to me also, having followed all things closely for some time past, to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, that you may have certainty concerning the things that have been taught. And I just want to share with you these things because at Christmas time, and particularly people might ask, well, do we believe the message? Is it a fictional message? Well, Christianity is not a fictional message. Luke is saying, Luke is a doctor, a physician, is an investigative journalist, if you want to call him that way. 
and he has done a thorough examination of the facts. He has done an investigative process of what is going on. And so when we come to the Christmas story here, for example, we are not coming, for example, to some fake news. You heard the term fake news, been used a lot, particularly by one particular individual in the world, right? Um, you know that, right? Fake news. And so we want to ask the question, is this some kind of fake news that we have here? No, 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 Luke is saying, Luke is saying, Dr. Luke is saying, what we have here is not fake news. What we have here is historical factual evidence that we have about Jesus. He is saying, I have done a thorough investigative process and I am presenting to you the facts. So people have told me, for example, where is the evidence? Where is the evidence, uh, Chris, about uh, uh, Jesus? Well, the evidence is here, friends. The evidence is eyewitness accounts. The evidence is historical fact. The evidence that we have here is dated in the period of Caesar Augustus. We have that mentioned in chapter 2. In a time when everything was going according to the plan of history in God's way. And so what we have is factual evidence about the coming of Jesus Christ. And I want us to be encouraged by that this morning. Because at times we might feel, well, is this thing really true? <laughs> what if it is not have I, have I based my faith on something that is really fake? Well, it is not. Because Luke is saying, I have investigated it. I have looked into it. And the article that I'm writing, the book that I'm writing, it is true. And so in the days of Caesar Augustus, we have this very clearly mentioned to us here, that Caesar Augustus, the people had to come into Bethlehem because the Romans did the best they could ever do was to collect taxes. Right? Do we love paying our taxes? I'm sure we all do love to pay our taxes, right? Yeah, be honest. <laughs> okay. Right? And so they had to come there to pay their taxes. And so comes Mary and Joseph, and they're coming into Bethlehem. And little did Caesar know what he was doing was part of God's extensive great plan. Did he know that? No. Because the baby coming into Bethlehem with Joseph and Mary was predicted by whom? The prophet, the minor prophet, Micah, remember? Centuries before, from Bethlehem Ephrathah, the ruler will come. And Caesar is part of God's, like one writer put it this way, Caesar is part of, like, like a chessboard, a piece on a chessboard being played by God according to his plan and purposes. And the, and the, the thing is moved from one place to the other according to God's plan. And so Christ comes according to the promise. And again, a testation of facts. And so, friends, this morning, what we see here is that this world has been given good and amazing news. Now, how many of us love to hear good news? Ah, you see your hands right up. You put our TVs on the first five minutes, what did you see? Terrible stuff, right? I, sometimes I think, ah, oh, why am I watching the news? I can almost predict what's going on here. The news is terrible, but into this chaotic, confused, conflicted world, and sometimes into the chaotic, conflicted, confused, our world, <laughs> that goes on inside of us, there is an amazing message that comes to this world and to us. For unto us, unto you is born this day in the city of David, a savior who is 
Christ the Lord. Now the birth of any baby in a family is joyful news, right? Do you celebrate when a baby is born? Parents, what do you do? You celebrate. Grandparents, what do we do? I'm a grandparent for the first time. We are grandparents for the first time this year. We celebrate, right? Nothing, nothing unusual about that. It's a joyful news. But with the birth of any of our babies and children, we don't get an angel coming out from heaven and saying, wow, that's a great baby there. You named this baby such and such. I've never heard a story like that ever. Have you? <laughs> right? <laughs> it will be quite remarkable. But with the birth of this baby Jesus, something as amazingly, there is something special about this baby. There is something amazing about this baby. It is about the joy of this good news. This baby is God's son, the Savior Christ the Lord. This is God's son coming into our world. And what an amazing work of God to bring his son into this confused world. When I heard this message uh, as a, after I became a Christian, really, I started examining the scriptures and looking at this whole story, and it amazes me all the time. <laughs> How God will come into our world and be with us as our Savior. So Christmas becomes joyful, does it not? Christmas is a message of joy. Christmas is a message of hope. Christmas is a message of great comfort. Christmas is a message that God is with us. That is the message. And so there is great joy. And so what about joy, friends? What about joy? Do you think you can go and buy a kilo of joy? <laughs> All the presents in the world, like we heard this morning, they'll be there after a month. We may not even recognize it. It might be under some cupboard. Right? If it's a deep fryer, it might be in the kitchen, might be in the shed somewhere. Right? But you see what I'm saying? Right? All these presents will come and go and we thank God for gifts. Don't get me wrong, right? You are very welcome to share your gifts with us, with John and myself. We will never refuse it. Would be John. No. <laughs> See, the point here is, this is what we have here in the scriptures. And this joy is, one dictionary defines joy like this. The emotion of great delight or happiness caused by something exceptionally good or satisfying, keen, pleasure, elation. Another dictionary uh, defines it as this, the emotion evoked by well-being, success, or good fortune, or by prospect of possessing what one deserves. So, for example, you go for a job interview, you get, you get, uh, you get the job, then what happens? You'll be coming out of that interview sad or elated. You'll be happy, right? You go for a medical test, for example, and the results are good. You'll be coming out of that place really happy and excited. Uh, or, for example, you, you sit on exam and you, you get through that. It's all good, good news, happy. But why? But what about joy? What about the joy that the scriptures is speaking of here this morning? You see, friends, this joy is tied to Jesus. If we really want joy, true joy, real joy, joy that is lasting, joy that is springing from within, a joy that puts a smile on your face, a joy that gives you peace in the midst of chaos, then who should we turn to? Who do you think can give you that? Do you think this world can give you that? 
Do you think our health can give us that all the time? Do you think everything in life is going to be going smooth? You're on a cruise control mode all the time? No, no, no. Life has its ups and downs, right? Yes? We have our battles. Sometimes the battles are hard to share with others. Sometimes the battles are going on inside. But in the midst of this chaos, there is a joy that Jesus promises to those who trust in him. A joy that comes from knowing this Savior. And this joy is tied to this Savior. Look at what Matthew says. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. I was thinking, friends, just imagine that, right? He will save his people from their sins. If Adam and Eve had not sinned, will we have Christmas? <laughs> That's a question for you, right? If Adam and Eve, and if we had not sinned, will we have Christmas? No. Will we have Christmas shopping? No. Will we have Christmas presents? No. Nothing. What will life be like without Christmas? <laughs> okay, you think about that, right? The point is, we have Christmas because we sinned. We have Christmas because we disobeyed God. We have Christmas because we have turned our backs on God. We have Christmas because of something else, of God's amazing love for you and for me. Because God has not kept us in that pit of rebellion against him. For he will save his people from their sins. What a wonderful blessing that is. One of my favorite Christmas carols is this. Is this one. Mary, did you know? Did you know that one? Huh? Mary, do you know? I won't sing it. Right. <laughs> Almost tempted. Almost tempted. It'll, it'll, it'll ruin your Christmas lunches. <laughs> Mary, did you know that your baby born? It's an amazing one. I have... I have listened to it so many times, so many times this past week. And last night, I listened to Sylvie Palladino singing that one, right? And it moved my heart. I, I, just a, one of those carols that I, I love so much. It says this, Mary, did you know that your baby boy is Lord of all creation? Mary, did you know that your baby boy will one day rule the nations? Did you know that your baby boy in heaven's perfect is heaven's perfect lamb? And this sleeping child you're holding is the great I am. Friends, that is our Savior. This is the joy that we have as we trust him. You see, we try and fill our lives with all kinds of things as if we can find joy. It doesn't. Our world tries to fill its things with all kinds of things. It doesn't. You know the latest ads that uh, are on TV and, and on radio? I've listened to this a few times. You should get this because you deserve it. Have you heard those? Or oh, am I the only one hearing these ads? You deserve it. Really? You should drive that car. No, I'd love to drive a Porsche or something. You deserve it. Do I? Hmm. You should buy this gadget because you deserve it. Do I? I deserve nothing. But do I deserve? God doesn't treat us the way we deserve. He treats us better than we deserve. And he has done that in sending his son Jesus.
and what a blessing that is. And so this morning, I hope uh, that, that you will find this joy. Uh, John Piper says, this Christian joy is a good feeling in the soul produced by the Holy Spirit as he causes us to see the beauty of Christ in the Word and in the world. What a, what a definition that is. A good feeling in the soul produced by the Holy Spirit. And I want to close this morning. You see, with this, when you become a Christian and when you trust in Jesus, God forgives you your sin and he puts his spirit in your heart and one of the fruits of the spirit is his joy and that joy is yours and that joy is mine and there are times when that joy is threatened and our hearts are aching and the pain is unbearable but in the midst of that as we trust him God says I have good news for you I have great joy for you trust my son Jesus. So, boys and girls, moms and dads, granddads, oh, the whole lot here this morning, let us celebrate Christ with the joy of Jesus in our hearts today. And when Christmas has gone, we still have the joy of Christmas in our hearts because Jesus is our Savior. Okay? Good. Well, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the joy of Christmas that is tied to Jesus, our Savior. That he came, he died on the cross for our sins, raised again from the dead, is the living Savior, and one day our joy will be made complete when he returns. We thank you for the joy of eternity. And this morning I pray, Father, that your spirit will fill our hearts today with the joy of Christ. That you will fill our relationships with the joy of Jesus. That our homes will be places where the joy of Christ will come forth even in the midst of all the pain and sadness and agony we go through in life. May the joy of Christ, the joy of our salvation be our portion now and always, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.